You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. So we've been talking to you about if I were the devil. I'm not the devil, but I can read the Bible, I can read the Word of God, and I can know what He's going to do. And so when the Lord gave me this uh, series way back a long time ago, and I've been meditating on it, I've been, you know, uh, percolating, I've been, um, you know, like a crock pot stewing on it. One thing the devil would try to do is get you into strife. And the Bible says where there's strife and envy, there's what? Every evil work. And so what we're supposed to strive for, what we're supposed to be in is unity. The Bible says where there's unity, that's where God commands his blessing. So we need to do everything we can to keep the peace. We need to do everything we can to walk in unity one with the other. Then number two, what I said I would do if I were the devil is I would get you in unforgiveness. If I would get you in, and Jesus warned about it in Mark 11, 25 and 26, if he, stand, he said, if you stand praying. He said, you've got to go forgive someone. So if we're, uh, so what's the cure for unforgiveness? The cure for unforgiveness is walking in love. Everybody say, I'm walking in love. Hallelujah. Uh, And you got to have this attitude. You can't offend me. I heard one person say, uh, say it like this. You won't, you can't get offended unless you take the offense. You can be so bold and brave and turn to your neighbor and say, you'll never offend me. <laughs> Ooh, that was a big statement if you think about it. Because see, we, we, our flesh wants to be offended all the time, especially today in our society. Give me a break. Everybody's offended about everything. What is that? The plan of the devil? Why does he try to get everybody offended with one another, uh, out of love with one another? Why does he, the devil working overtime to get people to hate one another? If you don't agree with me, I hate you. If you don't agree with me, I'm against you. What it, and see, you got to be careful because that trickles down into the church. It trickles down into your life. Because the third thing we talked about was what? That the devil has an onslaught. Well, what, what's he trying to, what's that onslaught include? Well, he come to mess with your mind. He comes to get at your gates, your eye gate, your ear gate, and your mouth gate. He comes to work on your flesh. Amen. He comes to try to keep you out of the spirit. He tries to make you an island unto yourself. He is assaulting you all the time with those things. But you and I are not going to fall from it because we know what 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 says. And that's our main text. I want to look at that. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse number 11. It says we're not, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his divine. Aren't you glad you don't have to be ignorant? I mean, being ignorant is not a compliment. And the devil wants you to be ignorant. And so it, doesn't, it has nothing to do with being born again or not being born again. It has nothing to do with going to heaven or not going to heaven. It has to do with when you're here on the earth, you can either be wise of the devil's devices, understanding of the devil's devices, knowledgeable of the devil's devices, and also not just know about them with your brain, but have a, a determination that now that I know them, I'm going to fight against them. The weapons of your warfare, though not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Yeah. Amen. He's given you an armor to put on. He, he, he wants you to be aware. He's given you the sword of the spirit, the word of God, so that you can fight and win every time. Yeah. 
But it starts with not being ignorant. The Bible says this, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge and really an understanding. So you have to understand you have an enemy. And we don't want to focus on the enemy, but it would be silly, it would be ignorant of us not to understand that we have an enemy that John 10.10 says comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And remember the Lord said this to me not very long ago. He said, um, the devil's not playing, I wish y'all wouldn't. In other words, the devil is serious about stealing, killing, and destroying. And the church as a whole, I would say most of us understand some of these things, but as the church as a whole, we can't be just sticking our head in the sand and hoping this goes away, hoping he goes away. You have to understand who you are in Christ, put on the armor, be ready to go, and not be ignorant of his devices. So we need to quit having the attitude of, eh, it's not a big deal. We understand that it is a big deal, and yet we have weapons that win, and we're going to win. We are winners. We need to enforce our victory. Today, what I'm going to talk to you about, if I were the devil, I would work overtime to deceive you. I would try to deceive you. And so I want you to understand these things. And when I look at deception, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, let's identify who the Bible says the devil is. Not to go overboard and and looking at our enemy, but um, also understanding that when we look at our enemy, that God has always given us a way to maintain our victory. Because there's there's two extremes. Either everything's the devil... And we get devil focused or nothing's the devil and and it's just up to God to fix it for us. Whether the truth is in the middle there. That God, if we take the word of God, if we take the sword of the spirit, if we take the shield of faith and stand our ground under and enforcing Jesus' victory in our life, we'll always win. He's made you more than a conqueror, an overcomer in the life, this life. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We can't stand, having done all to stand, we can stand against. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. And he what? He has to run from you as in terror. Amen? But we got a part to play. It's not just all up to God, right? And so we're not going to ignore the works of the devil, especially in the hour that we've come to. And we're going to understand in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, the Bible clearly identifies the devil as the God of this world who does what? He blinds the minds of the unbelievers. In other words, so what is that significant of? Well, he blinds the minds of the unbelievers. And so in the Amplified, it says, so they should not discern the truth. The Amplified says, in the Amplified, it says, why does he, but he blinds the minds of the unbelievers. And the Amplified says, so they can't discern the truth. Well, if you're, um, if you're not in the truth, you're deceived. If you're not in the truth, you're believing a lie. So the devil in the forefront with unbelievers, and can you all see this right now in our society, especially in the United States, where things are so rapidly changing that are really anti-Christ. Maybe you didn't think you'd live to the day to see it. But so much anti-Christ, not a person, a spirit. That's anti, not just Jesus, anti the anointing, anti the things of God. They're calling good evil 
and evil good right in front of you to fulfill the scripture that says we are in the last days. And what is the devil doing? He has worked masterfully at deceiving and blinding their minds so they cannot see the truth. But how, are you grateful that there are ways to get out of that? And we're going to talk about those. The other thing you see in John chapter 8. Let's look at John chapter 8, verse number 44. Jesus is telling them, telling the religious folks about who the devil is. John chapter 8. Verse 44 says this, you are of your, the devil, and the lust of your father you'll do. He's a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. But he speaks a lie. He speaks of his own for he's a liar and he's the father of it. So deception is also lying. Now, one of the things, you know, I guess as a born-again, spirit-filled person of God, one of the things you ought to have settled on the inside of you is I don't lie about anything. I don't stretch the truth. I don't conveniently leave facts out to make you think something else. It's just a nice form of lying. Because lying, deception, has its origin in one. He's a liar and the father of it. And so anytime, uh, y'all ready for some pastoring? Anytime you lie or allow your children to lie, they're participating with the father of lies. And they're participating with deception. And if you get good at participating with deception, you will open your, your, you, you open your life up to the deceiver. In other words, in our school systems right now, I know, you know, my wife and I have talked about this. She talks about it a lot because it really gets in, in her. You know, they teach the children that sometimes it is correct and more correct to lie about something. In other words, if someone asks you, how does this, how does, how does this, how does this shirt look on me? Well, you know, they teach them and say, oh, it's great. Instead of, and, and, and that's a lie. And what you can say is, it's not my favorite. That's not a lie. You, that's not my faith. In other words, people are teaching people that it's acceptable to lie. And the truth is, that it's a start at trying to get people, when something is really wrong and anti the word of God, for us to ignore it in the name of protecting their feelings. But you see, if someone was about to step out in front of a semi and get smashed like a pancake, it's my obligation to tell them the truth. Don't play in the highway. And so there's ways you can, that's why the Lord said, speak the truth in love. You and I in this room, we've got the truth. We know the truth. To sit and just let somebody live a lie and think it's good and call it God is of the father, the devil of lies. He's a deceiver. He's a deceiver. If I were the devil, I'd lie to you so much that you would be deceived, not knowing the difference of right and wrong, good and evil. 
And that's the way it is in the world today. I'm getting some stuff that just I'm seeing, I'm watching. The Lord is just bringing to my attention of the way society is and the, 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 um, the onslaught of the devil to make the church believe that they are wrong. And if you don't know the truth, any lie will do. This is an hour that you must know the truth. You must believe the written word of God is God speaking to you. There must be no way that anyone can pull you from the truth that is in this book. Amen? And it's in your heart. So this is what the Bible says. Uh, Turn with me to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Then I got to get to cooking here a little bit. Matthew 24. Verses 4 and 5. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. If you look at Revelation chapter 12. Just, just, just to nail this down. Revelation 12, 9. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan... Listen to everyone, listen to some of the big names. Who, what's called? The, and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out of the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So he's been a deceiver ever since he's been here. And he's always going to be a deceiver. And then in Re- Revelation chapter 20, you know me, I don't get into Revelation much. But here Revelation 20, verse number 3 says this. And he cast him into the... Bo- well, verse 2 talks about the dragon, the serpent, the devil, Satan. Bound him a thousand years. Cast him into the bottomless pit. Shut him up. And a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. In other words, right before... Before the millennial reign, he is, he's been out doing what? Deceiving the nations. And then you look in verse number 8, uh, verse 7, it says, When a thousand years are expired, Satan will be loosed out of his prison and shall, shall go out to do what? Deceive the nations. In other words, he's always been a deceiver. He's currently deceiving. Uh, he'll take a break for a thousand years from deceiving because he's locked up. But as soon as he's let loose, he's going to deceive again. He's the deceiver. Now listen to me. I want you to understand from me to the person sitting in the last row to those of you watching. Listen to me. We cannot get to the place where we think we're excluded from the devil tempting to deceive us. The moment you think you are immune, you are prime target. You say, well, You know, I know too much to be deceived. Well, let's look at, you know, one more. How many know 2 Corinthians 11, 14? The Bible says this, that Satan has come and appeared as an angel of light. What is that? What's an angel of light? Well, he looks one way, and if you don't know it and know how what's going on, you will think he's good when he's evil. Again, Those calling good evil and evil good are deceived by an angel of light. So there's four things. All these four things go together. Number one, we we see what? That he blinds the mind of those uh, who are in darkness. He's the God of this world, and he blinds their mind so they can't perceive the truth and know the truth. Number two, he comes and um, uh, he he does, uh, he's the father of lies. 
So he's a liar. He's always been a liar, and he lies, and lies can all be traced back to the root of the devil. There is, come on, you, I'm, I'm going to camp on this in a minute if you don't smile at me a little more. I know this is a lot, but number, I mean, you and I have got to decide we're not lying no matter what. We're not going to tolerate lying from our children. At our house, you got in more trouble for lying than anything. Because it's the root. Because it comes from someone who's the beginning. He's the liar. Number three, what did we see that he is? He is a, he's a deceiver. That's his name. That's what Jesus called him. The book of Revelation called him. He's a deceiver. Number four, he appears as an angel of light. So listen, what I'm saying to you is this. Deception is not overt. Deception is not the devil showing up with a pitchfork, horns, and a tail. The devil doesn't come, especially to the body of Christ that way, or really society that way. He comes masqueraded. He, he comes in false peace. He comes in uh, 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 tempting. He, he comes in that way. So let me give you the definition of deception. What is deception? Deception, to be deceived, is to, bis to mislead the mind, to cause to believe what is false, or to disbelieve what is true. Cause to believe what is false, or to disbelieve what is true. To delude, to cut off from expectation, to frustrate, or to disappoint. Deception leads to frustration and disappointment and cuts you off from expectation. Because anytime you walk in deception, have yielded to the deceiver, have yielded to the liar, it sets you up to be cut off from God who is truth, who is light, who is life. Because he doesn't work in darkness. And so the devil's trying to get the church, get you, get me into some form of deception. Now listen, I want to tell you this, because this is what and understand what I'm about to say. Let's, well, look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. This is good stuff. Really help you. But this will also help you to help somebody else. This will help you to recognize where people are and what you need to do to have, uh, help them. The Bible says, and Adam was not deceived. Okay, hold on to that just a minute. But the woman being deceived was in what? So this is really what happened in the garden. We're going to go back and look just real quick. Um, but the Bible says Adam wasn't deceived. So as a man, you can say, see there, it was the woman that you gave me. But actually, Adam wasn't deceived. Eve was Adam willfully just disobeyed. Now, I don't know what happened if he said, woman, I ain't eating that. Go back to the store. Get me something else. I ain't eating that. Don't know what would have happened. But it would have been different. But Eve was deceived. Now, who was Eve? Eve was the daughter of the Most High God. Adam and Eve were what? Created in the likeness and the image of God. Whether people like to admit it or not, they were the gods of this world. They were the gods of this world. They were charged with replenishing the earth, subduing it, and watching over it. They were appointed to rule and reign in this life. So here comes the devil. 
How do I know that? Genesis chapter number three. This is real important. Genesis chapter three, verse number one. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. So this is the devil. And he said to the woman, yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden. Now listen to me. One of the things the devil does when he deceives, one of the things he does when he lies, one of the things that he tries to do when he blinds, one of the things he tries to do when he appears as an angel of light is question what God has said. He will question to you what is written, the meaning of what was written, and he will question what God has spoken to your heart. The devil comes to bring questions because questions bring doubt. And so he's coming and he he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Well, we've got a little problem here because she's already adding to what God said. He didn't say nothing about touching nothing. So be careful not to add to what God said. Just say what God said. Be able to be like Jesus and say, it is written. But you can't say what is written if you don't know what is written. And not to know what is written in the hour we live is very dangerous for you, for me, for our families, for our friends, for our nation. So we need to be able to say what is written, all right? So, but, so she's messing up. But, so, and, and the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. What's he doing? He's, que- he, he's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's an angel of light. He's trying to put blinders on her. See, she's already in the light. She's, how many of you know she already has everything that she needs from God? There is nothing God has with. Now, come on. One of the things the devil does when he tries to deceive you is tell you that you don't have what you need right now. She's not the right one. She's not treating you right. He's not the right one. He's not treating you right. This is, the not, this, this is not good enough. That's not good enough. Uh, ma- making you not feel satisfied with what God gave you. And he gives you all things freely to enjoy. God is not a withholder. But the devil, the first thing he does to come to deceive you is tell you God is withholding from you and you don't have enough. You can't get there from here. You're not going to get there from here, doing it God's way. He's going to try to get you to take an alternate course. And so that's what he was trying to do. The serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God does know, what is he? He's a liar, that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be opened. You will be as God's knowing good and evil. So how many of you know, number one, they were already God. And as Pastor Rondo always says, if all you know is good, why would you want to know evil? So he gave a stupid argument that worked. You know, well, if you're going to live all your days for God, you know, uh, you at least ought to try alcohol to make sure you don't like it. You ought to smoke a little weed and make sure it's not good for you. You know, they say it relaxes you. Or it could lead you to a life of destruction where you end up living under a bridge. The devil doesn't always show his outcome. He just tries to tantalize. He tries to make it look better than it is. The woman had everything. She didn't need anything else. She was perfect. 
created in God's likeness, God's image. So, well, how can I make it? Well, you can make it by not, you and I can make it by making sure we don't repeat the mistake. It's written for admonition. It's written to see this is who you're dealing with. You're dealing with a master deceiver. You're dealing with a master deceiver. If he could deceive Eve, he could deceive me, he could deceive you. But because we know it, we're not going to allow it. We're going to learn from their Adam and Eve's mistakes, and we're not going to repeat them. Amen? Because now you are created in God's likeness and God's image. God himself lives on the inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is not a withholder. He's given you everything in this life to freely enjoy. He's going to take care of every one of your needs. You look at the birds. What are you supposed to see when you look at a bird? Uh, Not just tweet, tweet. You look at a bird and say, God takes care of one of them. He'll take care of me. Amen? Are Are you with me? So, let's look at some things just real quick. I want to give you some areas that I, from the Word of God that the devil tries to specifically deceive you in. And then there are many more, but I'm going to give you some of the specifics. So the number one, the devil will tempt you to be deceived that God's law don't apply to everyone, especially you. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. The devil's trying to deceive you both in the positive and the negative on this. In the positive, you just think of finances. If I sow this, if I give this, it won't come back to me. The the word of God says, "Don't don't be deceived. So who's trying to deceive you? Not God. Not just living here. The devil specifically tries to deceive you to say to you, God's laws don't work for you. God's laws don't always work. How many know God's laws always work? How many know gravity always works? But the law of sowing and reaping always works. Everybody say it always works. Don't be deceived because if, if the devil can ever get you to say that don't work, then you're being deceived. No, no, listen to me. If you've ever said, come on, even, even in frustration, you know, I gave that offering or, or I, I sowed service. I, I gave of my time and I don't see it coming back to me. This doesn't work. Then that's a form of deception. That didn't come from your heart. That didn't come from your thinking. That came from the, from the devil assaulting one of your gates. And messing with your mind. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't pay to serve. It, it, this, this giving thing doesn't work. What, what is that? That's the beginning of deception. And then on the other hand, you know, if someone just lives anyway, it doesn't matter how I live. It doesn't matter how I treat you. It doesn't matter what I say to you. Because I don't believe that what I say to you, what I post about you, what I tweet about you, what I write about, I just don't believe it. Because, see, it just goes off into space and nobody cares. And it doesn't really do anything. But the truth of the matter is, whatever you sow, you're going to reap it. And there are, there's a season coming when people are going to reap in a whirlwind. And so be careful what you sow. Come on, let's only sow good things. 
If someone's trying to sow something bad to you, you got to put up the, you know, put up the stoppers and say, you're not getting into my gates. And besides that, I'm going to sow something good back into you, whether you're sowing something bad back at me. All right. Number two, the devil deceives us thinking it doesn't matter who our friends are who we hang out with, and who we follow on social media. I just added that one by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter. what The devil tries to deceive us thinking it doesn't matter who we hang with, who we talk to, who we fellowship with, and who we follow on social media. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Listen to me. This is not just a youth group verse. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. The New Living Translation says, Don't be fooled by those who say uh, uh, such things, for bad company corrupts good character. Amplified Classic says, Do not be deceived and misled. Evil companionship, communion, and, and associations corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and character. Don't be deceived. Don't be misled. Evil companionship, communion, associations, corrupt, deprave, good manners, and morals and characters. So the Bible clearly says who you hang with, who you follow, who you associate with, that will get off on you. It will. So that's why we all need to hang with one another. We need to connect with one another. You need to be the leader, not the follower. Oh, I'm not a leader. You're a leader. <laughs> and you're going to lead people in the right way. Amen? And you're not going to let what is, is evil get off on you. Amen? Are you with me? All right now. First John 3 and 7 says, Little children, let no man deceive you. Talking about just different things the Bible say that could deceive us and, and what they're around. He that does righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. Let's look at that in the Amplified Classic. 1 John 3, 7. If you could put that, 7 and 8. 1 John 3, 7 and 8 in the Amplified Classic. It talks about this. Basically, it said, boys, lads, not one deceive and lead you astray. Who who practices righteous, who is upright, conforming to the divine will and purpose, thought and action, live in a consistent, conscientious life, is righteous even as he is righteous. Verse 8. But he who commits sin, who practices evil doing, is of the devil, takes his character from the evil one, for the devil has sinned, violated the divine law from the beginning. The reason, God of, uh, the reason the Son of God was made manifest visible was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil. So this is really it in a, in a, in a, in a nutshell. If someone is living righteous, they are righteous. If someone is living unrighteous, they have the root of unrighteousness. The Bible says someone who practices, lives in, and commits sin is of the devil. Period. End of story. There's a lot going on right now debating what Christianity really is. And many of them call good evil and evil good and boldly stand up to say I am the flag bearer for Christianity you and I cannot be silent anymore we have to stand up and be the witness that God has called us to be and say what is good is from the word and that's the only thing that right anything that is of sin listen to me society changes God does not 
And there's a way to be compassionate and help people who are living in sin without acknowledging that God has changed and that is now somehow acceptable. It's never going to be acceptable for a man to have three wives. It's not going to be acceptable for someone. Oh, I'm going to, I promise I won't do this kind of stuff, but listen to me. They can put a pink light on anything they want in New York City, but sin is still sin. And just because they call it Christian does not make it Christ-like or something that he approves of. I don't get much into social stuff and I do it for what God has called me to do. But listen, we have to understand something. God's word, he's not changing. And yet, we can, and, and, and the very people we need to reach is the one who flipped on the pink light. We can't disdain them. We can't kick them out. They're the very ones who need what we have. They've been blinded. They've been blinded. They wouldn't make the choices and decisions they've made unless they were deceived. You and I were once deceived and can fall back into that deception. So let us not judge and throw stones. Let's pray. Let's believe. Let's make sure that we don't get off into that. But let's not go into a cave and get and order our packs of food off the Christian station and put our head in and and just say, well, you know, I'm going to hold on until Jesus comes. No, you've got the answer. You've got the answer. And there's a way that we can give it in this generation that will help them not cause a war. There's a way, and God's going to help us. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, one of the last things I want to look at just real real quick, really talking to us, Matthew 13, 22, talking about the Word of God going into your heart, and he said, talked about the deceitfulness of riches. Choke the Word and becomes unfruitful. So we have to be very aware of this. Uh, everybody say, I'm not money-minded. In other words, I don't make decisions based on money for my life. I'm, don't let a, a money decision make a life decision. In other words, I'm not going to do something just because the money's better. Just because it makes me look secure. I'm only going to make decisions based on what God says. The money part is, how I many you know uh, God can take care of you? you? And when you make the right decisions, the money will follow because he does take the pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So he's never going to leave you high and dry. But you don't live by making decisions based on money. That makes you money-minded. That makes you money-minded. And being money-minded, the deceitfulness of riches choke out the Word of God. Well, Pastor Mark, why y'all talk about so much money around here? Because the Word of God is full of it. And because it's one of the things that people can be deceived about the most. So if, I can, if we show you the truth, the light of it, then you won't walk in deception coming, concerning your money, concerning your life, concerning your decisions. Are you with me? I got so much to say to you uh, about this. But one thing I'm going to leave you with. How do you and I stay, out, stay away from the liar? the deceiver, the angel of light? How do we stay away from the one who blinds the minds of the unbeliever? The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 and Colossians chapter 3. It tells us to put on the new man. The more you continually put on the new man 
and discard the old man and the old nature and the old way of doing things, it will protect you from the deceiver. It will protect you from blindness. It'll protect you from yielding to the lies of the devil. How do you put on the new man? The Bible says renew your mind. If you don't know what the truth is, any lie will do. Pastor Rhonda says that all the time in her redemption class. You ought to get a pillow with that embroidered on it. Because it is a key of life. If you know the truth, then when the devil comes to lie to you, and says, it's not the will of God for everybody to be filled. It's not the will of God for everybody to be healed. It's not the will of God for everybody to be prosperous. It's not the will of God for everybody to be happy. I mean, all those things the devil lies to you about, tries to deceive you, if you know what the Word says on it, if you've got chapter, scripture, verse, if you know it, then you can say, well, you can hold up the truth, which is the Word of God, and it re- the Word rejects the darkness. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.